GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of The Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and I am joined by a man who, when I started the episode today, he was kneeled down with his back to me, to the camera, completely no, naked. I, and I saw the back half of his balls, and I was not happy about it. I knew I knew where this was going before you even got You didn't even say my name. You're Hovercraft Joe, the man yeah. whose back half of the balls I saw. Well, guess they were hanging low. Um, <laughs> thanks for another great uh, introduction. <laughs> I can always I can always count on you. Um for, for so 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 great um so we are in week two of what we are calling uh marvel before the mcu month uh and today we're talking about a movie that um oddly enough i feel like we've talked about covering <laughs> for a while i don't know why this movie was on our radar but i i know it's come up a couple different times uh and we're talking about the 1989 punisher the punisher from 1989 starring Dolph Lundgren, although I guess it um, actually, it, it never came out in the United States, right? It came out like in 91 on VHS, but it was released all over the world, but not in the U.S. Yeah, it was not shown anywhere here in the U.S. theatrically. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's 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 kind of like, because around the same time, or actually a little bit earlier than this, they did the, no, it was right after, 1990, they did the Captain America movie, which also ended up going straight to video. They didn't release it here in the U.S. Um, and then they, they had the TV, like, Incredible Hulk movies. Yeah. Um, so this was kind of, this was going to be their big first attempt at a big Marvel theatrical release, and they just didn't do it. So weird. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into it uh, uh, more. Um, so just spoiler alert, I don't have a release date for this since it was never really released in theaters here. Um, and all I could get was like a home video release. And so, um, but as far as my kind of like history of this movie, like I always knew that it existed. I always knew that it, it was around. Um, I, I, it was a long time before I actually saw it, and it's funny because I have a uh, like a DVD copy of it, and I think I bought it, you know, like in a five dollar bin at like somewhere like Walmart or Meyer or whatever. And I've watched it once prior to, and then oddly enough, I didn't even end up watching the DVD because um, I must have uh, unplugged my Blu-ray player on accident, and there's too many wires going on in the back of the entertainment center, and I could not figure it out. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have called me; I would have fixed it. Yeah, it was fine. You you gave me another uh, way to watch it, and but I'll let you take over because I know you said you had a story about that. Yeah, uh, it's also available. The full movie is available on YouTube. I got five minutes into it in YouTube, and I was so irritated 
by the garbage quality. I couldn't understand. I couldn't even see half of the the actors. Like it was such a terrible, terrible quality copy of it that I just bought the DVD. I ordered it, had it overnighted so I could watch the movie, and watched it on on DVD. And now I own it, which okay. So the funny thing is, is that I already owned it, but watch it on YouTube. You were going to watch it on YouTube, but now you own it and watch it on DVD. Yeah. And I would suggest you do not watch it on YouTube. But maybe it was a, the version I watched, I felt like wasn't too terrible. Well, but... you, did you watch it on your computer? Did you watch it on your. I watched it on my TV. Okay. Yeah. See, I tried watching it on my TV and it was just. I don't know. I, I, would, I, I would maybe gather to say that there's more than one illegal version of the or you know what maybe i just had already seen it and i was kind of like eh. but had you seen it before before this watching never never i i've seen like bits and pieces of it and one time i remember it was on um uh you remember when tv 20 used to show like matinees yes i remember one time it, they were showing it on the matinee and i had caught a brief part of it at one point um, but other than that, yeah, no, I've never seen this. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. So here are some numbers on it. Apparently this movie had a budget of $9 million. Uh, and the best I could find for its gross was about $533,000. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> um, uh, this movie has a Rotten Tomatoes of 25%, low but higher than the 9% that Beverly Hills Cop 3 got. Uh, and an audience score of 33%. So yeah, there you go. It. That's fair. Uh, top grossing movies of 1989. Uh, this movie is obviously not in the domestic box office because it was not released in the U.S. But I can tell you that there are two movies in the top three that we've covered on this podcast. Number one is Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And number three is Lethal Weapon 2. Uh, uh, so a great top three. Um which, by the way, uh, this is – well, let me finish something. Uh, we've also covered number 20, Tango and Cash, and number 40, Roadhouse, uh, from 1989. It was interesting because I, I saw this thing today, and it was like, what's the first movie you remember seeing in the movie theater, you know? And I was yeah. trying to trying to remember. And, and Last Crusade is one that I feel like I, I remember seeing it. I, I, I think I settled on my first movie I really remember seeing in theaters was Short Circuit. But uh, <laughs> That's a good question. What's the first movie I remember seeing in theaters? And I feel like the question was posed as not like, well, what do you remember someone told you? So, like, what do you literally remember, like, right. watching in the theater, you know? I remember seeing... What do I remember seeing... I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I, I have a, like a vague memory of well, like I, I know Ghostbusters two was one that I remember seeing. Like, and I and I remember seeing uh, the original Ninja Turtles was an early one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like Short Circuit stands out because I do remember seeing that in theaters, and I looked it up, and it was like 1986. So I'm like, well, okay, it's those six. So yeah, I knew. Yeah, I, well, anyways, I, I definitely saw that in the theaters. Um, I think it was probably like an animated movie. I like follow that bird maybe or an American tale, something like that. Yeah. The care bear movie. Oh yeah. Um, maybe that, that, was that might, that actually might've been mine. I don't remember seeing it in the theaters, but anyways, Hey, you know what? Drop us a line in the discord. Let us know what was the first movie you remember seeing mm-hmm. in theaters. Um, okay. 
Moving on to the cast of this Punisher, you have Dolph Lundgren and you have Louis Gossett Jr. And that's all I got. <laughs> You've got uh, uh, Jerome Crabb or Crabbe. I can't pronounce his name properly. Um, he's been in. He was. He was uh, in in uh, the Bond film. I can't think of which one. One of the Timothy Dalton ones. Um, oh yeah, he he's the. Oh yeah, he's the bad guy in um, the Living Daylights. Yep, he's in that. He's in the Fugitive. He's in. Uh, he's he's in a ton of different movies. I see you know him pop up all over the place. You know what's funny is that when I was talking uh, the other day at work to a friend of the podcast, The Tush, about this movie, he was like, oh, yeah, it's got like the bad doctor guy from The Fugitive. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know yeah. that. So, And I totally forgot that he's the uh, he's like the, 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 like the Russian defector guy or whatever in uh, The Living Daylights. Yep. Yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. He, like, he shows up kind of all over the place. He's been in TV, too, you know, all over the place. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, okay, a couple of networks for you. Lewis Gossett Jr., who is not dead. Uh, Tush told me that, too. Um, what do you think Lewis Gossett Jr.'s... Do we do... Do we do... Never mind. Keep no, going. You question... Oh, man. Don't question nope. the, the, the how the podcast flows. I'll leave it. I'll leave it be. Lewis okay. Gossett Jr., I'm going to go... Yeah. He, oh, hold on. He's got that He's got sweet, that sweet, sweet, sweet Iron Eagle money. He's got that sweet, sweet enemy mine money. <laughs> Uh, I'll go seven million. Close five million dollars. Okay. Five million dollars. So, uh, and then Dolph Lundgren. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet Universal Soldier money. Uh, I know we've covered him a couple times on the pod, but what do you think for Dolph Lundgren? Ooh, Dolph Lundgren. He's got that sweet, sweet like three episodes of Arrow money. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll go fifteen million. Ooh, I so feel like close. I'm. I was was I lowballing him? A little low. He's eighteen million dollars. Okay. So, but pretty good, pretty good. From a, from pretty good. Um, okay, so this movie is directed by Mark Goldblatt. Yeah, um, I got nothing got, on him. Okay. I mean, like he, I don't know. He he's like a he's like a collaborator. So he does a lot of collaboration, whatever that means, with people <laughs> like Joe Dante. Ron Howard, Michael Bay, Brooke he's, appa- he's apparently a really famous editor. Looks like he's known yeah. for editing T2, uh, True Lies, X-Men, The Last Stand. Yeah, I think that's pretty – like he's a, he's a big-time editor is essentially what oh he is. Oh, my gosh. He edited Triple X, State of the Union. <laughs> yep, and, and Showgirls. Wow. Uh-huh. So, so – but anyways, so he directs it. Uh, X-Men, it's The written- Last Stand? Yeah, I, I said that. No, you didn't. Now you're now. No, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, oh. I did. No, I you did. said you said bad boys too. Now you're now you're just triggering Jody because you're mentioning it more than once on the podcast. <laughs> and and uh, LPJ will not let Jody cover uh, X Men: The Last Stand. Which, by the way, our last two theme months it would have fit in. Perfect. <laughs> so, fit in perfect. So show show support for Jody on the Discord hashtag I stand with Jody. Uh, hashtag X Men The Last Stand, <laughs> or ooh, I X. Uh, wow, this is I can't no. wait to hear what this is. I it's hashtag I Last Stand with Jody. Oh, okay. I Last Stand with Jody. Okay, great. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. he's gonna love it. Yeah, he's gonna love it. He's gonna get a lot of support because people like to go against you on the uh, the old Discord. So. 
Um, this movie is written by Boz Yankin. Boaz Yankin. Y- Yankin. Okay. Okay. Um, you got anything on him? Yeah, actually, he's done a lot of stuff. He wrote The Rookie. He wrote Prince of Persia movie. He wrote Now You See Me. He directed Remember the Titans. Um, he's done a lot of stuff. He's like, there's a, there's a surprisingly good kind of pedigree to some of the people in this movie. It didn't mesh very well, but you know, they've got some experience. Huh? That's interesting. I saw that guy's name and I was like, this guy's a nobody. And then you're blowing, you're blowing my mind. Uh, I recognize the name right away. I couldn't figure out why I recognized it, but uh, he's covered something else he did too. Prince of Persia, by the way, is a movie that a lot of people told us we should have done for video game month. So yeah, maybe, maybe video game month part two. I have never seen it. So, uh, okay. Uh, do you want to know some taglines? Yes. Okay. Wait, was that, is that an actual look? If I said no, would you not do it? Yeah, I'd skip it. I no, mean, okay, yeah. let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, we got to fill it. time. I got a feeling this episode is going to be a little light. Yeah, <laughs> do you? Oh, no way, no way. Okay, so taglines. This first one's a little wordy. <clears throat> if you're innocent, he's just the protection you want, and all the protection you'll need. But if you're guilty, pray the cops find you before he does. All right. I mean, that's a pretty good summation of the Punisher. Yeah, but it's a little wordy for tagline. Next one, justice with a vengeance. I feel like that's Batman. Yeah, kind of. Next one. If society won't punish the guilty, he will. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, And then finally, judge, jury, executioner, all in a day's work. Yeah, I feel like that one's just kind of teed up. (laughs) So there you go. Um, So let's address the elephant in the room before we get into the plot. Dolph Lundgren's balls. No, oh. that is. Uh, we'll talk about that. Sure. Uh, I don't remember seeing his balls, but maybe that's well. Of the that's because the crappy quality you had. The YouTube version. Unfortunately, okay, the DVD. Eh, they're right there. Um, I, they don't use. So <laughs> the the thing about the Punisher that that most people like, even if you know zero about comics or whatever, you'd be like, oh yeah, he's got that skull logo, right? Like yeah. that's his thing. It. And they didn't. They don't use it in the movie. I mean, it's on his knives, but yeah. they, he doesn't wear it. Right. And I, I didn't dig too far into it, but it seemed like that there was some speculation for a while that they weren't allowed to. But the director was like, "No, we. I just chose not to do it." And then he was like, "Oh, I kind of regret that we didn't do it. It's it's such a weird choice. It really is because you're you're right. It, it's his thing. Like it's." That's who we, like you see that logo everywhere for a lot mm-hmm. of different things now, yeah. Um, and, and it's not even, you know, and yes, it, it's for the Punisher, but it's not even ubiquitous to the Punisher anymore. Like, yeah, it's just a thing. Like the, the there's a lot of police organizations that use it. Um, you see it on a lot of different things, uh, uh, but yeah, it's it's such an iconic logo, even outside of the realm of comics. Like, right. it's just well, a thing of its own. I, at the time, but, it wasn't. Well, I was going to say, but I think at the time, it was almost even more important because it's like, yes, now, like, people recognize it sure. independent of other things. But back then, you know, you're making this comic book movie and this character's not as well known. And the people that do know him are like, hey, I know I know he wears that skull on his chest. 
Right. You know, right. like, so it, it's, it's such a weird thing. And like, I really, when I, when I was talking, like I said, I was talking to Tush about this movie and, and I, it was before I'd done my research. So I speculated, I was like, Oh, maybe they weren't allowed to use it for some reason or, or some, so there had to be a reason other than that it was a creative choice, which is so weird. And for them to, you know, for the director to be like, yeah, well, it was a mistake. Like <laughs> maybe we would have got more, you know, like eyes on the movie or whatever. So well, it's not like they even tried <laughs> with the no, eyes in the but, movie at that point. No, but it it is a very, uh, a very very weird decision. Yeah, very strange. Um, uh, yeah, I I have I, I, I thought of a great question I want to ask you, but I'm going to save it. Okay, don't forget. It. Do you want to write it down before you forget it? No, no, no. Because I mean, for uh, for spontaneity, spontaneity, spontaneity. Spon- spontaneity's sake i pretended like i just thought of it but i actually thought of it when i was watching the movie but i just wanted to bring it up in the podcast sure you know like check offs gun or whatever you know so people would be like oh what's that question you know and pretend like i just thought of it <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm waiting um I'm, I'm so excited now well i'm not gonna ask it to you no, now i know I'm but wait. now i'm anticipating i'm like ooh, what could the question be Okay, well, uh, all right, let's uh, let's get into the the Punisher, nineteen eighty nine. Uh, it has a weird kind of opening where it's like I don't know the Punisher taking target practice <laughs> or something. It's it's yeah. very strange. It's almost like a shitty James Bond opening. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. It's like a yeah. really like dumb James Bond opening. Right. So we get a weird credit opening sequence. <laughs> Uh, then we see this guy, uh, Moretti, uh, he's getting released from prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was apparently involved in the killing of the Punisher's family, uh, but he ain't worried about the Punisher. He tells him he's not worried about the Punisher. Uh, and they talk about how through like five years, the Punisher has murdered 125 organized crime figures, you know, or suspected to be killed by the Punisher. Or maybe they know that he killed them because I think he like throws those little knives at him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he, that's the thing. Like they're not, like there's no secrecy about it. They know the Punisher is Frank Castle and they know the Punisher is going around killing these people. Like there's no, no ambiguity to it. Like they know right. who it is. Yes. Um, so the Punisher shows up at uh, Moretti's house, uh, and he kills a bunch of dudes, uh, seemingly in some ways that aren't super effective, like the guy that he slips the noose over his yeah. neck, and like, like I don't know. And then like, and I don't know how he's creeping anywhere with those giant metal lined boots. <laughs> and then it seems like he kills Moretti, but then he blows up his house, and then like I don't know, it's very confusing. And he was still in the house when it blew up. Yeah, I don't and know he how he escaped there. He kind of stood in the doorway to let the press take pictures of him, and then ran off. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, it was a cool. It was a cool kind of effect, like him standing in the doorway. Like I, I kind of dug that, but it, yeah. it is a little, little silly. Him going back into the building right before it blows up. So then, um, so the Punisher lives in the sewer. <laughs> In oh, this yeah. movie, we we should mention that he lives in the sewer. So we get this. Th- then we get the shot you're talking about, where he's like sitting there, just like naked in his sewer hideout and i and i don't i don't know why i, I don't know why i don't know <laughs> it's this whole movie has a weird like japanese zen quality to it and i get that the bad guys are yakuza but yeah. like even the punisher has kind of a has kind of a japanese vibe to him S- sort of like Dolph Lundgren's character in Showdown Little Tokyo 
that's a good movie. Go you know back what I mean? Listen. Yeah, go, go back and listen, listen to that go episode. Back, first, first go watch that movie and then yeah. go listen to that episode. Um, I, I will say it's kind of weird to me that it may be part of it was the bad YouTube version I watched, but it seemed like one the like stage direction for the Punisher in this movie was like you're a zombie and two that he kind of like jaundiced throughout the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, I think they so they're not going to have the skull logo, but they're going to make his face look like a skull all the time. <laughs> he's pasty white. He's got like this weird scraggly beard and he just looks like a skull with thin flesh draped over it. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. I mean, I guess it was just what they were going for with the character. And sure. I, I mean, I guess you can say there's a lot of different interpretations of the Punisher. So you can't necessarily say that this is a wrong version, but I don't know. He looks sickly to me the whole movie. Yeah, he looks just um, dead. <laughs> so uh, he's sitting there naked. He flashes back to his family getting killed, which uh, in this in- incarnation of the story uh, was a car bomb that was meant for him. Uh, that took out his family, uh, but he survived. But they thought he was dead, but he wasn't. Obviously, yeah. But it was weird because, like, in the fla- in the in the flashback, the car blows up. Then he runs over to it, and then it blows up again. <laughs> like, okay, well, yeah. no, that's true. Uh, so uh, we're introduced to Louis Louis Gossett Jr. Um, LGJ. Uh, he's heading the Punisher Task Force. Uh, he is like, oh yeah, the Punisher is. Frank Castle, but the mayor's like, nah, man, stop saying it's Frank Castle. It's not. Uh, And that's the only mention of the mayor that we get. Uh, There's this lady cop. uh, I can't think of her name. Sam. Uh, But what? Sam. Oh, Sam. Okay. And she is like, hey, I want to be your partner, LGJ. And he's like, no. And then she's like, yeah, but I really want to. And he's like, "Uh, okay, I'll see you in the morning. No, she says, I think Frank Castle's the punisher. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, well, in that case. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So cut to the next day at the airport and uh, Johnny Franco is coming back from like being over in Europe uh, to, to take over the, the the crime family. And I thought it was funny how much like media coverage these mob bosses. Get. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's walking out of the airport. And it's like, he's like a celebrity. They're like, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. And they're like, it's like, isn't this guy a criminal? Yeah. It was real weird. It was uh it was very strange. It'd be like if, if, like I don't even know how what the what the, what the analog, the real world analog would be if like uh, Capone came back and like the press was there, but like a modern day, like John Gotti, if like okay. John Gotti showed up and all the press was there. I was just gonna say if Al Capone came back to life, the press probably would be there. Cause yeah, it'd be yeah, crazy. probably because they'd want to ask him why there was nothing in his vault. <laughs> um, okay, so then okay. This we're introduced to <laughs> a very bizarre character in this movie. It's I guess he's an informant slash partner of the Punisher. He's a uh, alcoholic former English actor. Yeah, <laughs> and it. we're in, we're introduced to him trying to get a drink at a bar, and he gets thrown out on the street. And then there's a remote control truck with a bottle of booze sitting in the back of it that he follows mm-hmm. into an alley where the Punisher is waiting to uh, talk to and, him. And what's his name? I don't remember what his name is. His name is uh, the Shakes, short for Shakespeare. <laughs> oh God. Yep. Oh, P.S. By the way, I got sick of writing the Punisher out in my notes, so he's just referred to as the P. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> the big P. So <laughs> somehow the the shakes the shakes guy, like okay, he's a drunk former actor, but he's also a he knows all the goings on of the criminal underworld because he's like, because like okay, circling back, the big thing about Johnny Franco is that he was like, we're all the mob families, we're all going to work together. I have $500 million of heroin coming yeah. in via boat, and we're going to all sell it together and work together. Uh, so the the Shakes guy tells uh, the Punisher, like, Pier 31 is where all the heroin's coming. Now, like, how, how does – it's weird because how does he know? Like that's what I'm saying is there like how is he know all the on like the going ons of the criminal underworld right and and if he knows why don't the cops know you know what I mean like he seems like the least likely person somebody would tell that information to I know it it's such a weird character I don't understand I mean yeah the Punisher has worked with people uh, microchip and stuff like that you know sure. but like but microchip was like a hacker he could get in he was smart enough to go get information this guy is just like i'm drunk and i eavesdropped on this mobster's conversation right but he but he keeps i mean like he's a main character in this movie yeah he yeah he he's very strange it's a very out, very atypical informant so so anyway so the, they go to the dock where this $500 million of heroin is coming in on like a tiny boat from France, I guess. I guess. <laughs> um, and, and both the, the Punisher and the Yakuza show up at the pier and they start killing people. Uh, the Punisher crashes a van, I think, with all the dope into the water. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that's what's what's weird is like the, the gangsters had an idea the Punisher was going to show up, but they had no clue about the Yakuza. Like, yeah. the Yakuza just show up seemingly out of thin air yeah, and start taking these people out. Yeah, they kill a lot of them. Uh, Punisher ends up getting uh, stabbed. Uh, the next shot, he's back in his sewer hideout, <laughs> cauterizing the wound with a hot knife. Mm-hmm. Um, the so, so then the Mafia dudes are visited by the Yakuza. Uh, the head of the Yakuza is this lady. I didn't catch her name. Oh, that's um, uh, uh, Lady Tanaka. Okay, Lady Tanaka, um, and she's kind of like, hey, you guys are weak, and she's like, kind of like, hey, we're going to partner up, but really she's just like, hey, you're going to work for me, and we're going to do a 75-25 split, um, and, and they're not into it. Um, and I, I like, my favorite thing about it that made no sense is that, like, they cut down to the Punisher's sewer hideout. And he's got like that room bunk somehow, and he's just like sitting there with this obnoxiously big speaker, like listening to what's happening. And it's like, yeah, it's like, hey, how does he know which room to bug? Yeah, how did he get the bug in there? How does he have it connected to this giant like 1940s radio speaker? It's like in the sewer. And the Punisher's all about killing people. So, like, if he was in there playing the bug, wouldn't he just kill all the ways? Or like playing a bomb. I, I it was it, it made me laugh. Um, okay, so then the yakuza like kidnaps all the mafia dudes' kids. Um, oh, then there's some more stuff with the um, what you call it? Uh, uh, the the shakes guy. He like kind of I think he tells the Punisher about how the mob's kids got kidnapped or something. Um, because that's I, the yakuza's I, I, leverage over the mob to make him do things. They're like. Oh, well, you're not going to work with us. We've got a plan for you. And they go and kidnap all these kids out out of their private schools. 
Right, and 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 uh, the Shakespeare guy kind of convinces the Punisher to help save the kids because he's like, well, they're innocent, so you you know, like by kind of your own code, you should be trying to save them. Um, also, the Yakuza's head, the Yakuza's headquarters in this movie seems to be on the top floor of an office building. I guess sure. Um, and, and all the kids in this are terrible actors. I just want to awesome. say because there's there's Super a scene where they're all all the mafia kids are like locked up, and it's really bad. Um, then I mean, cut in the, the, their defense, it's not like they're going to get McCulky, Macaulay Culkin for this. No, that's true. Uh, so uh, cut to the underground <laughs> Yakuza casino, which is playing horrible music <laughs> and looks um, slightly low rent. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it's, you know, it's low rent. Uh, it, it looks like uh, someone's basement. And uh, filled with uh, slot machines and roulette wheels and all that other garbage. There's also a stage where there's like dancing going on too. Yeah. Um, okay. So the Punisher crashes into the ceiling, uh, starts beating guys up, tells them he's like, he's like, every day the children are gone is going to cost you money. That was my Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher. That was, um, yep. Then we get a five-minute scene where he we literally see him shoot every single slot machine yes. in that casino. Every what we like, okay? They could they could have just had a shot of him with the gun, just showed him spraying from left to right. We would have got the point. Well, no, we had to see the impact of every bullet in every single one of those slot machines, all the way around the room. Yeah, <laughs> like all every the way around the room. One. It's literally, it's like they were like, ooh, we got to make sure this movie gets to an hour and a half. So I don't know, show them shooting more slot machines. More slot machine violence. That's what we need. Uh, so Lou had got Lou, geez, Lewis Gossett Jr. shows up uh, and is kind of investigating. That's when they figure out the Yakuza is involved because they rip that dude's shirt off and he's got all the back tattoos. Right. Um, I also laugh because he had a beeper and, you know, beepers are funny. You used to have a beeper. Remember that? Nope. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, so the and of course the Punisher gets blamed for kidnapping the kids. I also this is I, this is in my notes here, and I'd like to talk about. I find I find it hilarious in this movie also that the Punisher uh, until he gets destroyed rides his goddamn motorcycle everywhere. Like there's scenes of him just yes. driving it around in the sewers. Yeah, like, I got a, I got a real problem with that. Like, <clears throat> I, there's no possible way all of the sewers would be that free flowing that he could ride a motorcycle through them. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. Right, you know who enough. we should ask? We should get Frasky on the phone. On the phone, if anyone's gonna know, it's Frasky. Why is that? I don't know. I just figured out he was hanging out in sewers. Fair enough. Uh, so him and and Shakey's uh, show up at this like abandoned amusement park. Supposedly that's where they're the the yakuza is holding the kids and so he leaves the actor guy and he goes driving around on the motorcycle uh and he drives like into a trap and like the yakuza show up to attack him and i i gotta say like i was laughing pretty hard because it's like it's like a <laughs> i don't know so it's like you know when you go to like a carnival or let's say if you're a local listener you go to livonia spree and they have those big like metal slides that you're <laughs> There's the part where the Yakuza members are all sliding down these giant slides, like yeah. shooting Uzi. It's really silly and it's, incomprehensible. It, it was it got it was kind of funny. I like it. 
<laughs> Sorry, uh, 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 sidebar uh, giant slide story. Did you see the uh, news article about the giant slide at Belle Isle that they had to adjust? I, I feel like that's the one that like they kept setting up, and then it was like people were going too fast on it. They or were something. going so like, fast they were flying off the bottom hill. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. It was very comical. It made what was it on? It made like. Uh, I don't know if it was. It wasn't like talk soup or whatever the, the equivalent of that is now. It made yeah. one of those uh, one of those shows. Um. Well, there you go. Uh. So, anyway, so he ends up getting uh beat up and captured by the y- yakuza. They over they over uh power him, uh, and he wakes up and he's on a, a literal torture rack. Um. Yeah. Kind of, kind of much like that thing that James Bond was in in Thunderball that was supposed to like stretch him out, and they someone cranked it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so they're like stretching him out. Gotta get rid of those free radicals. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, and he's kind of like, "Hey, I don't care. You can torture me." But then they have uh, old, old Shakespeare, Shakespeare next to him, um, and they're like, "Ah, oh, well, keep torturing him, uh, Lady Tanaka. She's going to leave." Question for you: Before we get any further, this will be a good time to ask. Lady Tanaka has a Caucasian daughter, Caucasian whatever. They they don't explain that at all. No, they kind of do. Uh, uh, Lady Tanaka killed her family, then took her and trained her as her own daughter assassin. When did they explain that? It was uh, earlier in the movie. No, you are wrong. No, they I'm not wrong. That. That's they had like a little tiny glimpse. Maybe you didn't see it because you're uh, you watched it on YouTube with the shitty quality. Well, maybe, but I was very confused. Okay. So then the Punisher ends up escaping pretty easily, uh, kills some dudes, and then leaves like the bad torture guy in the torture device, the torture rack. Not not like Lex Luger torture rack. Right. Oh, that oh. would have been pretty great. <laughs> that would have been. Can you imagine, oh, I, can you imagine Dolph Lundgren in the torture rack? Dare I say a better scene if, if Lex Luger ran in and started giving <laughs> Dolph Lundgren a torture rack. Um which, by the way, if you're a uh, relatively small guy like me, you'll find that a lot of people feel like the need to just pick you up and put you in a torture rack. I've been in many torture racks throughout my life. So. Recently? Mm, maybe not super recently, but... Was it someone at work? Yeah, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do, do we need to call HR? <laughs> or maybe. Um, okay, so then... Uh, and it's kind of funny, too, like... I didn't think about this till just now when I was checking my, uh, when I was looking at my notes here, and like the the lady cop Sam, she's like, I think the Punisher's hiding in the sewers, and they're like, Oh my gosh, yeah! And then there's like a scene of them like searching the sewers, but they don't find him in the sewers, nope. and they don't find his hideout. Nope. <laughs> so it's like it's completely pointless. Yep. So <laughs> I, I bet he's in the sewers. Hmm. Let's test that theory. Looks like it was wrong. <laughs> So then the uh, mafia dudes, minus Johnny Franco, is that his name? Johnny Franco? Probably. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, Tommy Franco. No. Tommy's, oh. Tommy's the son. His name is Johnny Franco. Johnny Franco. I, I had it in oh, my Gia- Gianni Franco. Oh, well, I call him Johnny. Um, it was written on my notes, but then I, as I go through my notes, I throw them on the ground next to me, so I had to bend over and pick it up. Okay. So uh, the 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 other besides him, all the other mafia dudes go go to meet uh, Lady Tanaka, you know, to get their kids back. Yeah, because okay, then... so we should write back up the so all of the other mobsters except for Gianni decided, okay, we'll play ball with you. We'll come to your meeting. We'll do whatever you want. And 
Lady Tanaka's like, fooled you. I just wanted to get you all here so I could kill you, you dum-dums. Yeah, and in an unnecessary show of force, every single customer in the restaurant is actually working for her and pulls guns on them. Yep. And then she's like, well, just kidding. I'm not actually going to shoot you because I already poisoned you. (laughs) (laughs) So why have all the people there with guns if they were going to die anyways? I don't know. Why make a big show of it? They're all going to be dead anyway. It doesn't matter whether whether they know you did it or not. <laughs> so, okay. So then the Punisher finds out where the kids are actually being held. And he steals a bus, which I thought was funny. That he couldn't just think of it. He steals a city bus. Well, he didn't know, he didn't uh, know exactly how many kids there were. All right. Well, wait a oh, real Punisher apologist here. Yeah, you know, what's he going to do? He's going to clown car all those kids into a, into a van? Fair enough. Uh, so he rescues the kids, kills some people. Uh, he he goes back. Uh, okay, I, this is a little bit of a nitpick, but I I, I want to tell you because it made me laugh. Because it's like, so he gets in the bus and the kids are like, oh, you got to go get like Tommy and like I don't know <clears throat> whatever her name is Jenny or whatever. And so he's like, okay, because Tommy was locked up in a separate thing. So he goes and he, and he gets Tommy out right. And then the girl shows up. She's like, oh, I had to get like my dolly or something. And then like the bad guys show up. <laughs> And Tommy runs off and he's like, I'll take you to the bus. But how did he know there was a bus? No idea. He didn't know where the bus is. Didn't know where the bus was. Didn't know there was a bus. But then, so he ends up coming back. And, and anyways, basically, like, Tommy is still captured. But the Punisher it drives off in the bus with all the other kids. And it's like a miracle. That bus gets shot at so much, but nobody in the bus gets hurt. Like, they're firing so many bullets at the bus. Yeah, those also, kids should be dead. Also, I like the fact that um, basically those two little girls uh, are responsible for the murder of a man who is like hanging on the side of the bus window and they pry oh, yeah. his fingers off and he falls and then we see him get run over. Oh, like right across the stomach. Like he gets run over hardcore. That might have been him. That might not even have been a stunt person. That might have been him. And then I was like, then like, so the cops, you know, he, he takes the kids to the cops. Uh, and he ends up getting caught too. And I'm like, man, those kids are going to be bummed when they find out all their dads are dead. I know. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, uh, so the Punisher gets arrested by the cops. Uh, Lewis Gossett Jr. comes and talks to him because one thing we didn't establish is that they were part and they were police officers and they were partners right. on the force and like. Uh, like they're they were good friends. Like he helped Lewis Gossett Jr. through some hard times. Blah 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 blah. So he meets them and he's kind of mad at them. And I, I do like when he says like, "You killed like 125 people. What do you call that?" And he's like, "A work in progress." I, that was more like Stallone's "Oh, brother, uh, a work in progress." It's getting better. You're, you're really, it's getting better. <laughs> so immediately after that conversation, uh, we find out that from uh, Top Lady Sam, Lewis <laughs> Gossett Jr. resigned from the force because he was so upset. Um, and then, like, so they're transporting him to stand trial, you know, for 125 counts of murder. Uh, but the transport gets, like, intercepted. We find out it's, oh, Gianni. I'm just saying Johnny. It was Johnny Franco. And he's like, hey, uh, I need your help to save my son because Lady Tanaka still got him. And the Punisher's like, yeah, fuck you. I'm not going to help you. And then he's like, ha ha. I have Lewis Gossett Jr., so if you don't help me, I'm going to kill him. And he's like, ah, you got me. I guess I'll help you do it. Uh, 
Um, so. That's exactly how the conversation went, too, by the way. That was verbatim. That was the only good part of your copy uh, that you watched on YouTube, apparently, was so you could get that exact dialogue. It was brilliant. So they they go, and, and I know that the, the mafia's forces are dwindled, but it's literally they go to save them, and it's just uh, Johnny and, and, and the Punisher and, and Shakespeare. Yeah. And, that's it. and like they give Shakespeare like the easiest job. They're like, see this thing. There's two buttons in like 15 minutes. Hit the first button. It's going to knock out the power. And then in like however many more minutes hit the second button. It's going to cause an explosion. It was, it was right? five minutes hit the first button in 15 okay. minutes hit the second button. Right. Um, so uh, I also like the fact that like when the, one of the main things is like, you got to help us because we got Lewis Gossett Jr. And Lewis Gossett Jr. immediately frees himself. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, eh, I'm out of here. <laughs> so um, they, they uh, so dipshit Shakespeare, uh, he, he like immediately drops the one thing he's supposed to do. The, uh, the, 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 the detonator thing. Yeah. Yeah. He drops it on the ground. Down the sewer. Down the sewer. So, like, when he goes to turn the power out, he has to, like, stick a knife down there to hit the button. Which is like, okay, it works. Yep. But then, then 10 minutes later, when he goes to set out the bomb, I don't know why he doesn't do it again. He pulls he pulls out the gun yeah. like, that the Punisher gives him. He pulls out the gun that the Punisher gave him and shoots it. And I'm like, wouldn't that just break the detonator? Would I'm that work? I'm sure it would. It is going to shoot through that grating. Chances it, are the bullet would ricochet and kill him. Is shooting a button the same as pressing it? I don't know. It's not. Um, I newsflash. It's not the same. <laughs> so uh, Punisher and, and and good old Jay up. They're fighting a bunch of uh, guys in the Yakuza headquarters. Uh, I they get it. <laughs> so I had to laugh. There's like they established earlier in the movie that like you had to take the elevator up to like above the 40th floor, and there's like it's all like traditional, like Japanese, yeah. you know, and like, the, and like, and there's like the first room is where there's people train and they're wearing like the traditional outfits and stuff like that. And they're just kind of sitting there. So they like open the elevator doors and the punisher right and we're just like, <laughs> just just immediately, immediately murder like 25 people. <laughs> Which I guess is probably most in line with the way the punisher would have operated. That's true. Uh, he also fights some samurais, I guess at one point. Um, uh, and then, like, Louis Gossett Jr. shows up, and they said that he quit the force, but I guess he didn't because he's, like, leading the police charge into the building. Um, maybe, he quit. So maybe he still quit, but they're just like, oh, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. Let's just go follow him. Yeah, so then the Punisher fights that lady's adopted daughter, I guess, mm -hmm. and uh, pretty brutally snaps her neck. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even really that close of a fight either. <laughs> Well, it was kind of confusing. Like it was like she was holding her own for a little bit, but like Dolph Lundgren was like towering over her, and I'm like, I, I, I mean, I guess she stabbed him a couple times and stuff, but yeah. And then he suddenly remembered he was, you know, a foot and a half taller than she was, and just grabbed her and snapped her neck. Yeah. Uh. So then, um, uh, uh, uh JF, uh, Johnny Franco, Jahani Franco, uh, catches up with Lady Tanaka, and she's dressed up in like traditional like makeup. I don't know why at this point. Maybe they interrupted the ceremony, and she's got a knife to Tommy's neck, and she's like, "Hey, um, I'm gonna kill him unless you take that gun and like shoot yourself, put it in your mouth, and pull the trigger." And, and he's kind of like, "Well, how do I know that you're gonna keep your word?" Uh, and she's like, well, you don't. And I'm like, she's definitely not going to keep her word. No, that kid is dead. 
but then like so it's about to happen and the punisher comes crashing through one of the paper walls and throws the knife and it stabs her right in the head and she dies yeah um very unceremoniously then, too she just like, no yeah, yeah. yeah she's like oh, okay well i mean she took a knife to the head what are you gonna do right, right. Um, so then, uh, Johnny Franco's like, haha, I'm still gonna kill you, Punisher. Uh, you know, even though I said I wouldn't kill you, I'm gonna kill you now. Uh, so they tussle and they have a fight. Uh, and, and uh, uh, Johnny ends up getting shot and killed. And Tommy's upset about this and he picks up the gun. And the Punisher's like, oh, you go ahead and kill me, put the gun to my head and pull the trigger, but he can't do it. And he starts crying. Uh, and then Lewis Gossett Jr. shows up and is like, hey, it's gonna be all right. Uh, and then we get like a Punisher voiceover as he's driving through the sewers, I think maybe again on a motorcycle. Probably. Uh, uh, basically kind of like he's going to still continue. Cause in theory at this point, all the people responsible for murdering his family are dead. So, yeah. but I mean, I guess that's maybe kind of the thing with the Punisher. It's like, he's always going to have like vengeance and punishment to deal out. So it's like, he never can fully really be, uh, done, you know? Yeah. So because he's, but, because he's Batman. Yeah. So um yeah, that's that's the end of the nineteen eighty-nine Punisher. Um yes. Do you, have, do you have any role reversals? I do. Actually. Do you uh, do? I do, yeah. So uh, initially Nicole Kidman was cast as Sam, but then dropped out for whatever reason. I'm not sure exactly what it was. <laughs> she read the script? Probably. Uh, Christopher Lambert was cast as Frank Castle and then broke his ankle and couldn't do the role. Like the Highlander? The Highlander, yeah. Cool. Uh, and Steven Seagal expressed interest in being the the Punisher. Uh, from what I've read, he was not offered the part. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. In the movie we're doing next week, there was one of those things I read where it was like, this person expressed interest in the role. Yeah, they I were did, not approached. I didn't even include that. <laughs> I, I like those. I, I like that. It's like, all right, I don't know if that counts. Um, do you see that they said that all the uh, fight scenes were performed by real contact uh, in, in this? Like, they were actual, like, yeah, all the they were actually like, fighting and hitting each other, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Um, trying to think of anything else I thought was interesting when I was doing my research on this. Um, there's not oh. a lot, there's surprisingly not a lot on this movie. Oh, it did say that they. Uh, it was rumored that Dolph Lundgren went without sleep to achieve the look of Frank Castle, which I could kind of see because yeah. I did say that he looked like a zombie. He did uh, through most of the movie, which I guess if that's what he was going for, he achieved it. Um, what's what's this wanted, question you wanted to ask me? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to ask it until after we do the reviews because it's tied into your review on this. So. Okay, fine. <clears throat> Should we rate it? Are we running? Are we running? What's what's oh, the clock? Rate, what's, the, what's the clock, Coach? We're at forty-six minutes. Okay. Well, let's rate it, and then I, I'll ask him a follow-up question. Sure. All right. Um, do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. And then I'll you'll go, and then I'll ask the question. Follow-up. Yeah. Okay. So, I I don't dislike this movie. <laughs> Which is kind of weird for me to say. I know we kind of had some fun at its expense, but I don't, I, I really don't think it's a terrible movie. 
right? Like it, it's it's kind of one of those things that I feel like often goes wrong with Punisher movies, where it's like maybe independent of it being like if you didn't say like this is a Punisher, like you might be like oh, okay, but like I don't know, I I kind of like it. I kind of like some of the stuff in it. I mean, it, the acting's not terrible. I think Lewis Gossett Jr. is good in it, and I like the the the, the bad doctor from The Fugitive and. Um, it's surprisingly violent for like a, you know, like, uh, I don't know. It's something about it that like for an early swing for Marvel, like I think they, this could have been something had they maybe done a few things different, but I don't hate it. I really don't now that I've seen it a couple of times. So I'm actually going to go right down the middle and give this two and a half machine guns. I am right with you. Like, <laughs> I don't hate this movie. Um, you know, it, it, it and it does suffer from the whole, like this time frame in like the middle to late eighties, mm-hmm. there was a big push to make uh Japanese culture the enemy. You know what I yeah. mean? Like mm-hmm. so you see it in Die Hard, you see it in uh I mean, not that it's a good movie, but you see it in Robocop three, you see it in this movie. Um so I think that kind of that kind of theme dates this. Not yeah. that this movie's terribly timeless, but <laughs> but my point is, it, it feels of the nineteen, the late nineteen eighties era, mm-hmm. um, which is fine because that's kind of like that's sort of my what's the word I'm looking for, um, like that's sure. what I associate with the Punisher is that kind of era because that's mm-hmm. kind of when I was introduced to him. That's when he had like six books going at the same time at Marvel. Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of the height of his popularity was at this time frame. Yeah. Um, so this feels like that, which is fine for this movie. I think it makes sense. Uh, I don't mind really any of the acting in this movie. I think it's all pretty solid. Even Dolph Lundgren wasn't bad. Um, yeah. I think he played the character maybe a little too dead, but it was a choice. Uh, which is fine. Um, I don't like Shakes. He was dumb. <laughs> he's he a make, weird character. He's, he's a weird character. He didn't make any sense in this movie. Um, but overall, like th- the plot's not great, but it's also not bad. Like it feels like it. It feels like a late '80s kind of plot. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the 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 violence was level was good for the movie. I think. The acting, like I said, the acting was solid. The stunts were good. Um, all in all, it's not a bad movie. Uh, it just feels, you know, a little dated, uh, and it's a little, a little slow in parts. I would say, um, but overall, you, you know, I'd watch it again. Yeah. So I'd go. I'm gonna go two and a half machine guns. Um, I'll go two and a half machine guns. That's what I'll say. Okay. Now, what I wanted to ask is. Do you think this is a better movie than the Thomas Jane Punisher, which See, you notoriously I f- disliked? I figure that was coming. Um, if I remember correctly, I gave the Thomas Jane Punisher the same grade, two and a half percent. Okay. What, what's interesting to me, and and it is kind of like, and like you mentioned, this movie comes out at the like right about the height, if not like the a Punisher, like when he was like huge so you think it's like if they could like have made this movie like a little bit it should have been a big big hit um well yeah. i know it but uh, but it's also before comic book movies are really like a thing so you right. know it's it, when did when was uh when did batman come out that was it was 89 80, but 89 but when in 89 oh i don't know 
I was not I was not part of the podcast when you covered that let episode. Find, let me find out. Look at it up right now. Batman eighty nine. Came out in No, not the comic book. I want to see the actual movie. Ugh. Well, this is why you're not in charge of the numbers. Clearly. <laughs> Batman eighty nine movie. Just put Batman, yeah, release I date. I got it. I got it. Release date was June of 89. So this was June of 89. Uh, Punisher was October of 89 is what I found but, for but not but not in the but not in the US. No international. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is like they made this movie before Batman was a big hit. Mm-hmm. Like so this movie was in the can, ready to go. Before Batman was released, before Batman became the huge phenomenon that it is and reignited, it basically started the the resurgence in superhero movies. So mm-hmm. I, I think had they known, had this, had they waited to make this a year and waited for Batman to come out, they would have done it differently, given it a higher budget and put more into it to make it uh, a bigger theatrical release. Right. No, that makes sense. So it has, I think it has all of the roots of what it needed to be a big hit, but the budget was so small and they didn't anticipate Batman being as big as it was and, and driving interest in superhero movies. That's fair. That's fair. No, I, th- I think that's a pretty good assessment, but I, I do think it's a unique kind of thing. It's a, it's a very interesting movie. And like I said, it's surprisingly not bad. So it is one I was going to say track down and watch, but it's on YouTube. Uh, apparently a terrible copy. <laughs> but you can watch it on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's kind of a weird thing. But it, I, I guess it does, except for the extreme violence and apparently his balls, it does remind me a lot of like the like Captain America movie. It's just like the the kind of the feel of it, you know, to a certain extent. Where it's like, well, or like you said, like the the Hulk TV movies, where it's like, well, this is a Marvel character, and I kind of understand, but it's like kind of constrained by its budgets and its limitations and storytelling as far as like, well, we can't go like full blown comic movie, you know, like, so it's like, I I kind of feel like, yeah. You know what this is? This would be like if HBO made movies in the eighties, this would have been an HBO released movie. Yeah. That, that, that's a, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good assessment of it. It's, um, yeah, it just like it's it's just like it, you can tell, you know. And I guess it's kind of one of the things we're talking about this month is like they hadn't quite figured it out yet. You know, they had this property and maybe they could have done more with. And it was before the the genre was what it is now, or even what it was, you know, in the early two thousands. You know, before or when you know like X Men and Sam Raimi's Spider Man, which we talked about last week, kind of blew open the doors again. You know, so uh, maybe a little out of time on this, but but not bad like again i think it's definitely worth a watch to circle back to your question i I thought about it while we were talking here so my issue with the 2004 punisher Mm. was the comedy that was in it Mm -hmm. like they 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 added a lot of unnecessary funny bits in it that Mm -hmm. detracted from the seriousness in tone so it was it had an uneven tone this did not this movie the tone is serious straight through there's no comedy. It is a crime drama with action elements. Like, yeah. So I think, in terms of it being a Punisher movie, I think this is a more accurate representation of what a what the theme and tone of a Punisher movie should be. Um, but obviously, you know, you're looking at the difference between a nine million dollar movie and 
presumably what was that 30 million ish i again it was before i was on the podcast right, but, so it's, but it's like a it was a, a much higher budget much much more thought was put into the movie um but i i think this is a better representation of the punisher than thomas jane was what you need is thomas jane playing the main character in the movie like this like with yes. this more serious tone and set yeah. like yeah like, they didn't feel like i i mean not famously the thomas jane punisher takes place in miami because they were trying to save money i think this movie was shot in like australia is what yeah. they said yeah. um but i but i think maybe like a combination of the two well have you ever watched dirty laundry I I've never watched it, but I know of it. I know what that's it is. what this is like. The, everything you described. So, Dirty Laundry was a fan made film by uh, Ari Shankar, um, uh, taking Thomas Jane as the Punisher. They couldn't call him the Punisher, um, and it's him. The, the premise is he is at a laundromat washing his laundry. Meanwhile, there's this big gang incident happening right outside, and it's like a 10, 15-minute movie. Thomas Jane comes out as the Punisher and lays waste to all these guys in a way only the Punisher can. And it's everything you wanted the 2004 Punisher movie to be. Huh. I'll have to watch it. I you mean, I knew I've, I've always heard of it and knew it was a thing. I've just never actually sat down and watched it. So. It's so good. Like, it's it's everything I wanted that 2004 Punisher to be. I'll have to uh, have to watch it right now. I'll see you later. Yep. <laughs> All right, we're going to pause here. We'll come back in a few minutes. No, you just finished the episode without me. You can handle it. Uh, that's fine. We, we just showed your plugs. We're good. Yeah. So, um, well, yeah, I, I think we're kind of in, a, in the same – well, we are exactly kind of the same feeling on this. It's surprisingly not a terrible movie, yeah. and you kind of think it would be. So if you haven't seen it, I would give it a shot. It, um, it's, it's Believe it or not, I will say this. It's worth the $10 to buy the DVD on Amazon. Yeah. Or it might have been worth the time for me to figure out how to what cord I unplugged so my Blu-ray player was. Yeah, working. I probably could have watched you through it over the phone. <laughs> well, the problem is, listen, we don't have to get into you know too much, but I got too many cords going on behind my entertainment center, uh, and at one point. Oh, gosh, now this is too much, but I'm just going to finish it because I've already started. Uh, when I was when I got rid of my cable box, when I switched to YouTube TV and I had to turn in my cable, you know, turn back in the, the cable, actual cable box, it was in the midst of me having COVID. So I was delirious and I was trying to get it unplugged and I probably just unplugged more stuff that didn't need to be unplugged. And I hadn't used the DVD player until I went to go watch this. So anyways, that's more than anybody wanted to know. But there you go. Fair enough. You know, lovely story. Perfect, perfect end cap to this episode. I think it's time to do some plugs. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of, speaking uh, of YouTube, what's your what's your favorite thing to watch on a streaming service? What's your favorite streaming uh, service? Oh, Tubi. Well, it's it's funny you mentioned that. I was actually uh, uh, my brother called me the other night. Uh, past guest uh, Jason called me, and he was showing my niece some. Uh, some uh, openings to like cartoons and stuff that we, uh, you know, and he showed her, showed her like the opening of Mask, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I, she said and I it guarantee was. You, look, uh, sorry, sidebar. I guarantee your brother showed her Jason the Wheel Riders. He didn't, but I told her to. Um, he showed her Mask and she said that the opening was too long. And he also showed her the opening to Reading Rainbow and she said it looked like it was for babies. Uh, <laughs> nine, I think. Eight, nine. That sounds about right. Okay. So anyways, but I bring this up because you can watch the cartoon mask on Tubi for free with minimum commercial interruptions. And, you know, Mask Crusaders, they're working overcrime 
overtime, fighting overtime, crime. fighting crime, fighting crime, out of sight. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, Tubi, it's great. I mentioned it before. They don't want to sponsor us, but they will someday, or we'll just stop doing the podcast, it's, which is probably more likely the case. <laughs> uh, other plugs. Uh, go to uh, GameZillaMedia.com and uh, scroll to the bottom of the page. Click on the Discord link and join us on Discord. And you can you can comment on anything we've talked about. Uh, we had some wonderful comments uh, th- the past few days uh, about a lot of different things on our on our Discord server. Um, we have a beautiful job of the hut picture uh, we have on there. Uh, some some BS about ET. Uh, all kinds of things. There's there's all we talk about everything you can imagine on here. Um, Oh, also, uh, to circle back to earlier in the episode, don't forget on the Discord uh, to try and pressure LPJ. Uh, don't forget the your post with the uh, hashtag I last stand with Jody uh, to try and get uh, LPJ to do uh, X-Men the last stand on the podcast. I may be, I, I may be hashtag, taking that day off. Hashtag I last stand with Jody. We're, we, so. might, we might have Chops pinch hitting for me. We'll see. Yeah, right. You can't even get chops to be a guest on the podcast. You ain't gonna be a host. That's that's fair. <laughs> yeah, lazy son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, so go to Discord.com, hop on the uh, uh Legend of Retro page, and tell Chops what a worthless piece of shit he is. <laughs> I do I do not support that message. Uh I think Chops is a is a great dude. Uh, and I wish he was on the podcast more. Some of my favorite episodes are ones that he's been on. So that's I just fair. I'm, that's fair. I'm, he is, I'm, he put, is, I'm putting that out there. He, I'm not he, supporting. He is one of our best guests, if not our best guest. Yeah, but if you think uh, if you've been on before and you're listening to this and you're like, I'm a better guest than Chops, then you know what? Next time we ask you to be on, get on the podcast and prove to us you're a better guest than Chops. Yeah, dicks. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. It's got very, very, uh, we got very really, antagonistic at the end. Really, it's the Punisher. It's the, the Punisher effect. The, we, yeah, we're yeah, seeking yeah. vengeance. That's it. From that's our it, fans, yeah. which is probably something we shouldn't do. But anyway, <laughs> you can also check us out on Instagram and stuff like that, too. We're, we're around. Um, uh, Joe, thanks for being a guest of the show. I really appreciate it. Fuck off. <laughs> this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back to look at Dolph Lundgren's fall from behind. <laughs>